Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Allie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. You know why? Because we have an awesome guest. Her name's Sumeda Bari, and she is a patent attorney, stand-up comic, playwright, producer, and comedic screenwriter, and also mother of two, and she's living in D.C. Welcome, Sumeda. Thank you. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm good. I have my door locked um, to give uh, about 30 minutes of time away from the kids uh, to actually talk to you guys, so I guess that's as good as my day gets. That's awesome. Oh, what what time is it in DC right now? By the way, it's like it's five, like five something. I think yeah, cool. three hours uh, difference. Five twelve exactly. I just looked at the clock on my phone there. Five twelve p.m. Oh, cool. And Nicole, you're in Arizona. Is there a time difference? No, we're on the same Pacific time. Yep, we're on the same Pacific Standard Time right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Sumita, you are a patent lawyer, and you have many creative pursuits, but we watched your stand-up show, and we know that for um, someone from the Indian culture, it's a big rebellious thing to go, instead of going into medicine, to becoming a lawyer. So, can you tell us how that all came about? Um, Yeah, you know, and I think, uh, you know, like you're saying, culturally, it is very important, like this education, like higher education is super duper important. And especially for like the parents who came, like I'm first generation. So the parents who came from India, like the reason they came here was sort of, you know, greater opportunities, greater education, and to make the most, you know, of the American dream, per se. And Mm -hmm. they're just very much, you know, about the the higher education. So, um, so I guess like I, th- I probably overdo it in my stand up a little bit. My dad was, you know, definitely, you know, somebody who, you know, medicine is the key. Like medicine to be a doctor is probably much higher than being president of the United States for him. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but um, you know, and he, since we were kids, that's what we would hear all the time. Like even if you ask my dad now, um, you know, and he's he's like in his early seventies. Dad, what would you do different? You know, if you did your life over again, and he's an engineer. First thing is like, mm-hmm. he's like, I would be doctor. Like anything, mm. everything is about that. But interestingly enough, um, I ended up going to law school. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, now it's strange when I look back, I actually may have been a really good doctor, but I think it was almost like the, you know, when someone keeps telling you to do something and you really don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of where I was. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, so I, but I mean, I guess he's, he was fine with it at the end of it. And I think for me, even at that time, when I went to law school, it was more about like just getting a higher education because my dad was not okay with, okay, I'm just going to grad school for two years. Like it had right. to be something higher. It had to be the lawyer or the doctor. It had to be something he could brag in parties to his friends about. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I kind of went with the lawyer right route at that point. Um, so, I mean, he was fine with it. He's still, like, a little bit like, oh, none of my kids became doctors. Mm. Keep in mind, my brother is a Ph.D. He's a professor, okay? <laughs> wow. um, yeah. but, but in my dad's mind, he's like, he can't even write prescriptions, you know? Oh, yeah. so, so, basically, like, real doctors are the kind that can write prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, but but he's, he's fine. I mean, he's happy that at least, like, you know, we both have really, you know, pretty high educations. It's just more like, well, nobody can write me a prescription. 
what does he think about your all of your creative pursuits? So, so I think like like my parents know like I've I've been a creative since I like I mean since I was like born. I mean I've done I never did anything in a straight route, even like school projects stuff like that. Like even when I look you know as far back as this being like a you know in third grade. Um, okay, we have to do a project on some country, you know, give a presentation in social studies. And I remember, like, you know, everyone had these straightforward, like, poster board presentations. And then there was me. Like, I went and made a video presentation of a bear that was visiting India. So looking at everything from the perspective of this giant petty bear visiting India. So, oh, wow. like, I never, I could never do anything, you know, without adding in some level of, a creative idea or something comedic or something interesting. Mm-hmm. So they always knew I was, you know, I was, I was a writer, you know, I was a writer. Um, and I really enjoyed that. But what do they think about the creative pursuit is like, Oh, it's a hobby. It's not a career. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've kept it that way. You know, like I've, I've managed to do a lot after my education, like alongside with it. So they're fine with anything I do now because I'm done. You know, I finished my education. I've worked. I've done all that. I can do whatever I want now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because I actually, like, I took my dad. He visited um, here last year, and I actually took him to a stand-up show for the first time ever. One mm-hmm. of my stand Like, I don't think they've ever seen, uh, really seen any of my videos, which which is very intentional on my part a lot of times. <laughs> but, um, but I took him to one of my shows, and normally – I'm not, like, my humor is not dirty. Like, I'm, that's just not my style. Like, mine is more observational. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's being a mom. It's, you know, being Indian. Like, it's a combo of stuff. But it's not, like, vulgar humor. Okay? Yeah. yeah. But, as, but as soon as I walk in there, one of the managers who works there thought it would be very funny to come up to my dad and picture this, like, you know, this little Indian man with glasses and whatever, older Indian man with glasses, and this, the manager comes up to my dad and he goes, she's a dirty girl. She's a really, oh. really dirty girl. Oh, and my dad my is like, what? <laughs> so, um, so that was that little bit experience he had, you know, I had with it. But I think, I think their mind, <laughs> my dad's mind in particular, is kind of like, oh, it's a hobby. She enjoys it. You know, she does it on the side for fun, so it's okay. You know? Yeah. 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 Cool. I think that's one of the things that we're kind of realizing is, is important to people is that sometimes hobbies are the thing that you're most passionate about and why not turn them into like your full time gig? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't mm-hmm. that be cool? Oh yeah. So back to your comedy, when did you how did it feel to perform your first set and was that in was that in two thousand and seven that you that you broke out and Yeah. Yeah, it was comedy? around then. It was around then. So so basically, you know, like I've like I said, I've always liked humor, I've liked writing humor and so on. And I think, um, you know, I, I think my everyday life has kind of like been standard routines when I'm talking to people a lot of times. Just because I have funny <laughs> stories to tell. I'm like, I'm like Sophia in the Golden Girls, you know? Uh-huh. Like I always have like, picture this back in Boston, you know? Like yeah. I always have like some story to tell. So, I, so I've always kind of been like that. So friends are like, oh, why don't you try an open mic? So I actually did like an open mic, um, you know, an open mic night at Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston. And it was five minutes. It was a five minute routine. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, oh, my God, it is it is so frightening to be up there when you start doing stand up. Because first, you have, you have to do a few different things. Like, number one, OK, you have to remember your material. <laughs> That's very important. It's to actually right. like, remember your material. Number two, keep moving around. 
but I, there I was. I was like still as a statue because I was like trying to remember my material. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much to keep in mind that you learn as you keep doing stand-up, which I did not do my first set. Like it was just like standing in one place, like just trying to remember my material. So it's very intimidating. And mm-hmm. But I think like the first laugh you get, you get more comfortable. Okay. Right, right, right. Now, if yeah. you don't get laughs, you just pretty much shit your loads. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, I think I was kind of, like, in the middle. Like, I got, like, a couple of, you know, laughs earlier on, and I kept going, and I got through it. And I had some friends in the audience. I was like, okay, at least there's people rooting for me. So, it's hard. I mean, the first time you get up there is very hard. Oh, my God. How many times have you done it since that first time? Oh, I don't know. After that, it was, like, numerous times. Um, interestingly, mm-hmm. the second time I performed was this huge thing. It was um, – I did this judges event um, for the Massachusetts Bar Association mm-hmm. uh, back in – you know, when I was working. Keep in mind, I was working at this pretty big law firm over there. And my firm was one of the sponsors of the event. So, like, my boss showed up. All oh the partners in the firm showed up. And I actually – managed to sort of like imitate my boss in my uh-huh. set without him knowing I was imitating him. Like everybody knew except wow. for him. Really? Um, so, so then, you know what? And, and I realized like in that, cause I did a lot of like lawyer humor in there and very niche sort of humor um, for that particular audience. And it yeah. went over amazingly well. And, you know, I think I kind of realized that, you know, I'm very like my, my strength lies in, you know, that sort of geeky humor, like of being mm-hmm. a lawyer, of being Indian, of really working off of my own unique experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So I did a lot after that in um, organizations, you know, like, you know, women entrepreneurs, science and technology, you know, lawyer associations and doctor associations and things like that, that, you know, people could really relate to a unique sort of humor, office kind of humor. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I think I just, I kept going after that. And um I took a break from stand-up, and I think, um, I think I don't know if you guys saw that, but, like, I had that entire show uh, in Boston for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, yes, yeah. Fish, Fish Networks. Network. .net, yeah. So now that, again, like, I, I met up with, okay, weirdly, I met the, um, I met my partner, my writing partner in that through Craigslist, okay? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. weirdly, that turned out successful. I could have turned out dead. I don't know. Like, Craigslist can go different directions I guess so, yeah. um, so fortunately I met like a, an awesome writing partner on there and um, and we both were sort of like he was an engineer you know there's me like a lawyer slash engineer so we both had this office sense of humor and we just wrote this script on like um, it was a, a spoof on a giant corporate meeting you know mm-hmm. a giant like all hands kind of meeting um, mm-hmm. where the audience comes in and they become part of this fake company called fishnetnetworks.net. So you meet all these like crazy characters and stereotypes from the office mm-hmm. and the audience gets to vote at the end for who gets fired by text oh, message. Wow. So we had this like little high tech thing, like you can see live, like the voting's live on screen. So that we did that for three years. So I kind of took a, a break from stand up and just worked on the writing aspect for a couple of years. Wow. That is so impressive. That's so yeah. cool. It's amazing. Yeah. amazing. So how did that dovetail into Pushers? Tell us a little bit about your new okay. show. Sure, sure. So um so Pushers, I'm not gonna take like to take like all the credit for that because that actually was originated by two awesome women, um, Krista Gallagher and Nicole McDade, and both of them are pharmaceutical reps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so they already had a season um uh, that was already online. And this is like, you know, I'm so 
I have to do something like comedic all the time. I, just, I, mm-hmm. I need to like keep those juices flowing in me just because that's me. Like that motivates me. So there I was with a, I literally, my baby, my second baby right now is four months old. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like sleepless. I'm miserable. I'm trying to like manage like pumping and all this stuff. And then suddenly on Facebook, one of my neighbors posted a Seed and Spark funding kind of fundraising thing for this show. Her friend was involved in that was Krista. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the show Pushers. And I'm like, huh, what's this? And I watched a couple episodes and I was like, wow, this is cool. I want to write with them. So mm-hmm. I actually messaged Krista through Facebook and she responded and we met up and oh my God, we hit it off incredibly well. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I joined their team for the second season as like a co-creator and co-writer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I tell you though, these women are awesome. Like Krista is also like, she's a mom. Um, of two. She's a professional. She's a wife, you know, both of them. And, you know, we're all just trying to kind of like survive and yet like make things happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, so that's kind of how Pushers came about. And it's awesome. And I'm loving it. Like I, this is my first involvement with a web series. Um, uh-huh. So like a web sitcom. And I've, you know, I did some, some classes and, and, you know, screenwriting and stuff. So I'm getting to use that really now. So I'm really enjoying this. So, so you guys cool. are you guys are all together, like as a team, and you do all this work t- while you're together, and then the actors get together. Are you guys on set with them as writers, or no? Yeah. So so it's interesting. Like our process is pretty interesting. So we'll, you know, um, Krista and I have been working a lot together. Um, Nicole lives in Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. so her and I end up because she we both live or, you know close to each other. So we meet up a lot, and a lot of times we'll just like jot down ideas. Like we have this entire list of just random episode ideas or just things. We have this list of things. Okay, it's funny. We actually have a list of things that annoy the shit out of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we both have a list and we keep adding to it. And it's the silliest things. Like it's like, oh, you know, walking behind the, per- you know, driving behind the person in the parking lot who's just walking down the middle, like they refuse to move or like, uh-huh. you know, um, I don't know why I'm focusing on parking lots, but just cross my mind. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> when you're like waiting for that parking space, and mm-hmm. you think you're about to get one, but the person does not back out. Like, they just sit there forever. And you're yeah. like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this just to drive me crazy? Do you not like me? Like, all these little inane things in life, we actually have this list. And we actually use a lot of that into our episodes, like, add that into episodes, because we want to make stuff very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so so our process is really, like, we, we just jot down a bunch of ideas. Then one of us will write one of the scripts that we really are interested in. Okay, let me take this one. I'm going to write a script on this. Then I'll send mm-hmm. this to Krista. Krista will review it. She'll add in her stuff or vice versa. And we'll keep mm-hmm. going back and forth with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and um, and Nicole too. You know, like we'll send it to her as well. You know, she'll look it over. So we kind of pass it around and keep adding our ideas in mm-hmm. uh, until we have one that we're happy with. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you though, at the shoot itself, it still changes so much because the actors bring so much to it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for the actors, you know, we've been getting, uh, like, for the last episode, I don't know if you guys get a chance to see the, the last episode that I sent you. Not, not the last episode, Mm-mm. but I did see the first episode of the first Yeah, 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 yeah. We the watched one, with one them. of them. Yeah, so I think, I think I only sent you one of them, so I think I just sent you one of them. But, um, but basically, like, um, our actors are, uh, you know, local, uh, so all these people I've known, like, for that, when I sent you guys, it was a bunch of people, like, I knew locally uh, through comedy. Um, a bunch mm-hmm. of people that Krista knows and Nicole knows. So it's like all people we know. 
that we get together who have comedic ambition or acting ambition, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. And you know, we have a production company um, that we're using, Alejo Media, um, who helped us shoot right through an iPad. Actually, we shot it through an iPad. Wow! Uh, wow. And then yeah, and then just work with like local editors to get it, you know, edited and, and doing a lot of the editing ourselves as well, just learning as we as we go. Mm-hmm. So we are on set. We're definitely on set. We add stuff in there. Uh, you know, we figure out what we can do in that moment to make it better. Um, you know, so, so oh, we're very involved. Yes, we're, and, and Krista's in the show. Krista's the main, oh, okay. one of the main leads. Mm-hmm. She's the one who yep. plays Krista yep. in the mm-hmm. parts, yeah. Yep. She's there. That sounds Actually, Nicole is too. Nicole is too. Yes, she, she, yeah. both of them yeah. are on the show. So that must be so fun and just so rewarding just to to just be so creative all the time and then to be involved in that like ever flowing process where it, you know it, it, it's a product of of your own all of your guys' work together. That's so that's so inspiring. That's super cool. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying like I think I think we're all kind of in the same position where it's like okay we're you know we're doing fine in our careers like professionally we've done a lot we have these kids there has to be something more you know like we mm-hmm. we all have this sort of um th- the three of us I think have this sort of creative part of us that loves humor that loves to write and we're like oh you know we just have we have to do this like there's no reason not to you know mm. yeah so funny I feel like that that you know I, I'm a nurse professionally and um and you know it's it's been a great career but I've you know part of the whole reason that we have this podcast is because you know I've been really restless and so is Allie and we've just been you know talking about all kinds of things and doing trying to you know be creative and and go after these our passions and stuff so it's I can 100% relate to that feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think like you also get into a phase of life like uh, you know where at least for myself, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm a very big believer in not having regrets. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be, I've seen too many people who are there, you know, when they're 80 years old, like, oh, I should have been, you know, I should have been a big star. I should have gone to Hollywood. I should have done that. You know, you may not have gone to Hollywood, but you could have been, you know, a star in your community theater. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's, I feel like there's always a way uh, to have an outlet of doing what you love and you may not be the biggest outlet. It may not, you may not end up in Hollywood. You may, I may not be writing for Saturday Night Live, but yet Mm -hmm. in some way I'm meeting, you know, what I want to do. And I, and and if I was 80 and looking back, I would say, yeah, I did. I did my stuff. At least I I tried my best and, and I had a great time doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good thing to remember because sometimes I think we're, ultra hard on ourselves like oh come on you're not dreaming big enough but really it was like oh actually just doing something small actually feels really good and rewarding and I'm okay with that and that's enough for me exactly exactly like it doesn't have to be the biggest thing it can you know even the smallest things just add so much to your life and totally I guess totally um being a female comedian holy shit that's so baller who who do you, who are your inspirations and like, who do you look up to? So, um, so I guess like when people ask me that question, I would, they would expect me to say like, you know, the female comedians, current female comedians and so on. But I actually, I'm very old school with my stuff. Um, I love just like the older comedians. I love Jerry Seinfeld. I love oh, yeah. Larry David. Mm-hmm. I love Ray Romano, um, Ellen DeGeneres. Um, you know, I'm, I love just like, um, 
observational humor. And mm-hmm. I think like nobody could do that like uh like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld or or, or Larry David, you know. Um like Seinfeld. Oh, I can watch Those that I can best. watch that yeah. over. I've seen every episode I've seen so many times. And it's all about just the little inane things, you know? Um so I'm a big, you know, I'm a big one for the older comedians. And and when I think of comedians, I only think of um, not only like stand-ups, but actors. Um, you know, John Ritter in Three's mm-hmm. Company, like mm-hmm. nobody can do, nobody could do physical comedy the way he could, I think. Um, yeah, currently, uh, you know, I love Kate McKinnon in Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live. Um, I love Tina Fey. Uh, I like Amy Poehler. Like I like their style because... They're not, they're not vulgar, you know, they're not mm-hmm. vulgar. There's no like dirty, dirty humor there, but it's, it's just, you know, they, they pick up on the little things in life and mm-hmm. they make it funny. Yeah. So I think like those are probably like the old school. I'm, I fit more in with, uh, with the old school comedians, I think. Mm. Oh yeah. Huge inspirations. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that uh, episode of Seinfeld? Sorry, I have to ask because I've been thinking about this all the time because there's this part of my work where we have a hallway where I don't really walk down that side of the hallway and it's almost like my relationships with the people and that side of the hallway are starting to you know go sour <laughs> but do you remember that one where Elaine was doing that with a neighbor in her building and they were like friendly and they made a real effort to connect and then all the, you know it just started waning and waning and then all of a sudden they like almost hated each other do you remember that episode I, I think so I think I think I think that rings a bell I think I've seen oh every episode so many times uh-huh. yeah um, yeah so it's funny so actually at my uh, at my first uh, work like in my not my first one but like the first big law firm I worked at my friends there mm-hmm. would actually um refer to me as like the Elaine because that was so me like you know I was the person who would definitely shove somebody if I if I could <laughs> so, <laughs> I was definitely um, very Elaine I think oh my goodness that's yeah. amazing but probably a better dancer yeah I, kind of sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but I love the Elaine dance like that is, that is the know. best that's the best <laughs> So, Sumeda, you talk about being a comedy writer, being a writer in general. What is that process like, and how old were you? Did you start with, like, a journal, or how did you start feeling like you wanted to write your thoughts down, and how how does that process work for you? I think, yeah, I mentioned, like, I've always loved writing overall, but in terms of comedy writing, um, and when I got, you know, when I got into doing stand-up and so on, um, the best process for me is, like actually just writing everything down on like a daily basis. So anything that happens during the day and thank goodness for iPhones, because if I actually wrote it on a piece of paper, it would be lost in like two seconds. So mm-hmm. thank God for phones, but I literally have a page of notes where every day, you know, if something funny happens immediately, mm-hmm. I'll write it down. Even mm-hmm. if it's like just a few words, just to remind mm-hmm. myself of what happens, yeah. Um, you know, I make sure that I don't forget because it's very easy, you know, like we all kind of like have our busy lives and we forget. So I'll yeah. start with that, um, all these different things. And I will generally for myself, if I'm doing stand up, I'll go back to that list. If I want to create new material, I'll go back to my new list and sort of incorporate um, these instances into my routine and figure out where the punchlines come in and so on. Um, so for me, it's like everything's really, uh, really ground in real life. All of my comedy is ground in real life. Fortunately or unfortunately, everything I talk about is uh, in my routines and stuff is totally real. 
has actually so, happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and, and weirdly, I have, I just have the weirdest stuff happen. Like, like I said, like I'm like Sophia. I could tell you a million stories for like everything, um, but I think it just starts with actually remembering the funny things that happen, and then yeah. moving on from there. And and just to like, um, you know, so that's that's kind of my process. Um, but I guess like everybody's got a different process, but mine is, I guess, for anybody that might work is just creating your own list of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Something funny happened at my work the other day. And remember, Nicole, I was like, remind me to tell you about the fruit. (laughs) It's like this whole (laughs) silly experience where these people are really expecting this fruit to be there. And everybody couldn't figure out where the heck it was one day. And it was just like the dialogue going back and forth between these people was so hilarious. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have to remember to tell people about it. Did you have it in your phone? You I phone. did. It's your phone. Good. I totally. Good. Good. I just did. <laughs> so cute. Okay. Can I tell you, like, can I tell you guys a really, like, crazy story that happened to me? Um, yes. Okay. Because this stuff, I mean, this stuff actually happens to me, which is just weird. I think my whole <laughs> life is, like, a little bit of a sitcom. But um, one, of the, one of the stories I like to tell people, because it's just so weird, is I was driving to pick my son up from the bus stop. So I was, like, out getting groceries or something. And, of course, like, there's this ridiculously slow person in front of me, okay? Uh And I'm so close to my house, so close to the bus stop, but this really, really slow person. So naturally I do what anybody does in a car by themselves, is I start, like, screaming F-bombs to myself really, really loudly. (laughs) Do you ever swear in your car just, like, really loud when you're by yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's a great outlet. Like, just like, that, this is the time. There's no kids around. I'm just like, uh, uh, you know, like just constantly yeah. loud, loud. Suddenly, my phone, and I'm not kidding, I didn't touch it. I it was sitting next to me. Suddenly, Siri speaks up and goes, chillax, Sameta, huh? No I'm not even way. kidding. Chillax, Sameta, huh? But firstly, chillax. I'm like, holy shit, since when is Siri using slang? Chillax. Yeah. And number two, I'm kind of hurt because I'm like, my own phone doesn't know how to pronounce my name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, Siri, really? Like, you still don't know how to say my name? Like, it feels really bad to me. So it was just really creepy. Like, I don't know. My phone just randomly speaks to me without me saying anything to it. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it, that's a very creepy story. I just looked at my phone like, oh, yeah. whoa. And, and this happened to me the other day, too. Randomly, Siri speaks up and she goes, Samedaha, did you summon me? Like, what? Did you summon me? Do I have a ghost? Like, I'm not summoning spirits over here. Like, what's going on in my phone? So these things happen to me in real life. So obviously, like, they work their way into my routines and stuff, too, because these are just weird, interesting. (laughs) It reminds me a little bit of Black Mirror. I don't know if you've seen any any of those episodes, but they're kind of creepy and futuristic. No, I haven't seen that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Siri's alive. I think Siri's alive. That's crazy. That was that was so funny. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There, there, like, gosh, I a couple weeks ago I was like talking into my phone, you know, like talk to text instead of like texting, and mm-hmm. I was writing, I was like writing notes while I was texting somebody, and I was like saying, what if, you know, what if we can do this? What if you can do this? What if you do this? And I paused and typed, fuck off. What if you could fuck off? I didn't say anything, but it was oh, no. on my phone. I was like, oh, my God, there's a ghost in my phone. 
Anyway, I was I was totally not so I'm with you on the I, I don't know. Do you ever use the wrong that. emoji? Like by mistake? Like do you ever type the wrong emoji? Like, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry your grandmother died with like a big happy face at the end. Like yeah, have you yeah. ever done that? Oh my yeah. god, they're they're too close together. Like those emojis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all the time. Yeah. Um so is it the dream to do this full time or like what is the dream or is there all or is there, or are there multiple dreams? Do you, do you yeah, I mean I about- ideally ideally of course, you know, like if I could be if I can make a make a living, I suppose, being a, a sitcom writer, of course, um, you know, I would love that. Um but for now, you know, I think I think I'm enjoying the journey a lot. I'm enjoying just being able to sort of juggle all these different things, and and makes me feel pretty fulfilled. Um, just balancing all these different things. So I guess the dream kind of changes, uh, you know, as as more and more time progresses, as life keeps changing. But ultimately, sure. I mean, I love comedy. You know, I I, I love I love writing. I would love that for for that to be like a full time thing mm. if I could ever. And what do you what do you think about um, having a family and and striking a balance? And there's definitely funny moments that happen to you when you become a parent when you are parenting. So how do you do you ever incorporate that in your material? Oh my god! The only reason I ever had kids was just for the material. <laughs> like, like I ran, I'm running out of materials. Just pop out a few babies here. Yeah. Um, no, so 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 thank you for first thinking that I managed to balance it all. Um, but you know, like most most moms, I I really struggle with that. And in particular, it's because you know um, my husband also has a really crazy job, crazy hours. He travels a lot for work, so it ends up being a lot of just like me. And my son is seven, um, and my daughter is one. Not even mm-hmm. one, sorry. She's 11 months old. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's a lot of balance. Um, and I think, I think, you know, women are capable of so much and we can manage so much when we're put to the test. We really, really can. Like 10 years ago, you know, if you asked me this question, I could, I wouldn't have been able to even tell you that I, I would be shocked that I'd be doing what I am right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just like I, there was this Facebook list and I need to get back. Uh, we need to just get rid of this, but it's in um, it's in the information about me. Ten things about myself. Okay, so n- oh, number one on the list was I can never go out looking scrubby. Okay, this was ten years ago. Ah. Okay, now <laughs> <laughs> I am walking my kid to school in pajamas. <laughs> and like, you know, with the worst bun on my head and like, I mean, I can't, you change so much with time and I guess your mm-hmm. priorities shift, right? Um, in terms of what you need to balance. Yeah. So um, I guess like, I guess for me, it's just, I, I just take each one day at a time, um, you know, and basically like prioritize for my day. This needs to be done. That needs to be done and, and go about it. But I have to say though, I have so much respect for women who are working completely full-time jobs. They go in the morning, they go to the office, they come home, they got to take care of the kids because women's work doesn't end. It just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like moms, I mean, we, especially women in general, moms, oh my God, like our jobs do not end. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can say like, I'm also fortunate that I, I work part-time as an attorney. I end up working like two or three days a week. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have help. You know, I have, you know, I have a nanny who watches my daughter while I'm working. I have someone who comes and helps me clean and laundry and stuff. So 
So, I mean, I, I managed to balance it more because I do have the help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also will say I'm somebody who, like, bites off way more than I can chew just because, you know. Like, I don't have to do the comedy. I don't have to do the writing in my life. But for me, it is imperative that I do, you know. Right. So, yeah. for me, like, to juggle all of that, um, I, I think just as a person, for me, it's just it's just important to – to feel complete is to be able to, to create that balance. Um, you know, I'm not just the lawyer. I'm not just the mom. I'm not just the wife. I'm not just the the comedian. Like I am all of those things. Mm -hmm, So I think that's reminding myself over and over that I'm doing that in order to just balance myself really helps, you know, just making time for everything. Yeah. Do you ever have like blowout moments like on at your kids or with your kids? Oh my God. Where you're, where you're Do like, I ever oh have God, blowout I have, moments I at my kids? I apologize to them. <laughs> okay, this happened like five minutes ago. This happened like five minutes So my son, my son is seven, like I said, and I love him. This drives me crazy. Okay, like, mm-hmm. so he's, so he decides, you know, he's obsessed with computers, and it's always like, oh, okay, my, keep in mind, the baby's down for a nap, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I am going to eat this six-inch Subway sandwich that I picked up yesterday that I didn't Mm -hmm. get to finish because the baby Mm -hmm. woke up. So I'm going to complete this sandwich today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here. But my son goes, Mom, can I download this timer app on my computer? Okay, the timer Mm -hmm. app. I guess it's just, you know, it's just time. So I said, yeah, sure. What does my son do? He gives me a certain amount of time to eat my sandwich. He's like, Mom, okay, now you have five minutes, now you have four minutes and 59 (laughs) seconds, now you have, I'm like, and I turn around, I'm like, let me eat my sandwich in peace. Like, I just scream that out. Don't time me when I'm eating my sandwich. (laughs) Stop it, just go away. And like, sometimes, you know, he's just like, even this morning, I'm I'm tired, he's just, you know, he's very clingy, and I love him, but like, sometimes he'll just cling and hug, and I actually look at him, and I'm like, stop touching me! You know, I just, I feel bad, but, oh, this happens, like, every day. It's not when, I mean, this is a daily thing, and then I end up feeling really bad, you know, so. Yeah. We all do, right? I'm sure, I'm sure you guys go through this. Oh, yeah, I, just the other day, last, I think it was last night or the night before, my, my little one was also being rather clingy, and he was kind of asking me some questions. Oh, like, can you help me stretch out my pajamas? And I'm like, dude, I'm washing my face. I'm brushing my own teeth. Go ask your eight-year-old or your nine-year-old brother. Like, he, there are tasks that don't have to be done by me, or go ask mm-hmm. your dad. And then he just kept being like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And then I was just like, just get out of my face. And he left. Yes. Came back and I was calm and he was calm and I apologized. But yeah, it happens. That's for sure. You can't help it. Sometimes you just like because you have so much going on. Like all I, said, all I wanted to do was sit and eat my sandwich in peace. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. four o'clock and I'm eating lunch. You know, my yeah. leftover three inch sandwich from yesterday. Like I said, because I ate three inches yesterday and then it didn't and I couldn't finish it because the baby woke up. That's all I wanted to do. All yep. I wanted to do. But yeah. I was being timed. I was being timed and eating my sandwich. So. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. And I just well, want to poop doing a great in peace job. sometime. Do you ever want to just poop in peace sometime without like somebody knocking on the door? Oh just, yeah. It's like you're always needed for something. It's always oh, yeah. like you can't. And, and I literally have said that things you never think you're gonna say out loud. Let me yep. poop in peace. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. I just I used to like really 
look forward just to like my five minute shower. And when anybody would interrupt me, I would go ape shit on them. I would be like, dude, this is my fucking five minutes. <laughs> give me, give me this. This is going to make me feel drastically better. It's going to make me feel human. Just leave me alone, please. <laughs> it's incredible how, you know, with time and with age and with kids, like how everything about us just changes, like what we look for, what gives us, what makes us happy, you know, what we need in life. It's, just, it's, it's crazy how much it changes. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So what, are, what do you do to take care of yourself? Um, so I think for me, like I need to take care of myself on a daily basis. And part of what, you know, what I'm always complaining about is I don't get enough sleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly why I don't get enough sleep. I'll tell you why, because I'm taking care of myself. That sounds really dirty. Okay. No, um, no, in other ways, um, the way, so everyone's asleep by 10 o'clock or so in my house, my kids go to bed way too late, you know? Finally, yeah. my son's in bed, the baby's asleep, you know, um, my husband's in bed, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's quiet, there's peace in the house, and I technically should go to sleep because I'm so tired, but of course, mm-hmm. I'm like, I have time to myself right now. So mm-hmm. every night, every night, I will go, and I actually use my, I have a jacuzzi, like a nice deep tub, I will take a nice bath, mm-hmm. um, I will read in the tub for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I will sit downstairs afterwards. I pull out my little like foot massager, put my feet up, make myself a cup of chamomile tea. It's always chamomile mm-hmm. tea. Uh, dim my lights and just watch like trash TV for like mm-hmm. maybe like 45 minutes. You know, every night. Like, that's, uh, that's my routine to, to unwind. That's great. And, but this is the problem. I end up sleeping at like at least like 1231 because I do this because that's my only time. And yeah. My husband will be like, well, you're always complaining about not getting sleep, and then you stay up. I'm like, yeah, but that's the only time I have to myself. So yeah. I think for me, it's just like that daily, like that the nightly unwinding is just so important to me um, yeah. to, to relax, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, I and, do. And I think other than that, I'm just, you know, I just um, now at this point in my life, I think I don't deny myself as much, so... Okay, I really just think to make myself feel good about myself. Uh, mm. If I want to go shopping and buy that extra thing, you know, I'm not going to wait for it to come on sale. You know what? I'm just going to buy it, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I want to get my nails done, I will. If I want to go get my hair done a particular way, I will. Like anything I'm, I can do right now to sort of make me feel good about being me um, <laughs> at this point, uh, I, you know, I will definitely do that if I can, if within reason, of course. So Yeah. That's good great. for you. Great advice, too. <laughs> What are you? What What are your TV shows and what are you reading? What are your favorite trashy TV shows that you're watching and what is it that you read oh, in the back? Okay, so reading doesn't really happen right now except for like trashy magazines. So it'd be like, yeah, because I don't. I mean, I barely have time, honestly, to like pick up books unless they're like, like I've been so for a while. Um, my bathtub reading has been um, Rich People Problems. It's by the the same author who wrote Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, uh-huh. so. So I've been, you know, it's been, it's a big book, you know, and I keep like little by little, I keep reading it in the tub and it's got a lot of water damage to it already. Um, <laughs> but, but just uh, now just another side note, reading in the tub has been my thing forever. 
And I have dropped so many library books. Like earlier on, I used to get library books, and I've dropped <laughs> library books like in the bathtub, and I've tried to return them. I feel really bad about saying that. But then once, like, they actually called me. This was, like, years ago. They're like, you have just tried to return books with water damage. And it's quite dumb. I was like, really? Huh. But, but then I switched to the Kindle, and I dropped, like, three Kindles in the bathtub, too. Mm. Okay. So then oh, my I learned, gosh. Yeah. So I wasted a lot of money in Kindles. And then finally, I got a waterproof cover for my Kindle for the bathtub. So that mm. tended to work better. But, um, but side note, what am I reading? Um, usually I end up for magazines. It's funny. Um, my bathtub readings, like something like that novel I just mentioned, um, or just like Cosmo or Parents Magazine or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, very, very mindless, kind of like relax, relaxing kind of stuff, I think. TV, I can totally talk about because I have my, uh, you know, I definitely have my favorites right now. Um, I just wrapped up watching um, Dead to Me. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. We love it. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So love it. I watched that. I, I liked that a lot. I loved Sabrina, um, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, because I watched Sabrina when I was a kid. Um, like oh, the original mm-hmm. Sabrina. Mm-hmm. So love that. Um, big fan of, of Jane the Virgin. Um, love watching that. Uh, let's see, what else do I watch? Um, I love like Bates Motel for the longest time. Have you guys seen that? No. I like creepy stuff. I yeah, actually really too. enjoy, yeah, like mysterious, creepy kind of stuff. Um, I watched um, You. The, there was a series that was on for a while. It's called You. Um, yeah. Another sort of like stalker tale. Yeah, with Ken Badley or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I've been, um, Santa Clarita Diet with um, Drew, uh, Drew Barrymore on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. But I kind of like, uh, I like a little bit of the creepy factor to stuff I'm yep. watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of, I'm a huge fan of like, just like these crazy like lifetime movies. Do you guys, it's like one of my, <laughs> one of my indulgences where like, there's always like a, there's, you know, it's, it's very formulaic. There's, you know, there's always the, the, the obsessed neighbor. There's always mm-hmm. the friend, the best friend who dies, you know, like this, <laughs> but I, I love the, like the, the baby stealers and like, it's just, it's crazy, but I love watching that stuff. Um, around Christmas, I love watching like sappy Hallmark movies, mm-hmm. like this, this, this crazy Hallmark movies. That's sort of like my, you know, kind of my list of, of what I like to watch. Mm. Your go-to stuff. I love it. Oh, awesome. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to try to make it in the um, comedy world? Um, sort of switching think, gears. Yeah. So I think, like, I think, like I said, like, to start writing. I mean, and I don't think that just applies to, to comedy. I think it applies to any form of, of writing. Um, it's just start small. Um, start writing your ideas down on a literally, like, couple times a week, gather your thoughts up, write it down. Um, and you have to figure out, you know, kind of what medium you're going for. Like, are you going to, are you trying to write a story? Are you trying to write essays, like comedic essays? Or are you trying to, to do stand-up? Or do you want to do script writing? So it's also sort of figuring out what medium you want to present your ideas in mm-hmm. and, and sort of just sticking with it. Um, you know, I talked to a friend the other day um, and sort of told her that, you know, she's telling me all these different things in her life. And I said, oh, you know, start writing it down, start journaling it. So she's been working on a journal. So it's kind of like also figuring out just, just what medium you want to do it in and sticking with it. Mm. Cool. That's great so, advice. Yeah, yeah. You, you just start. I mean, you have to just like not, you got to stop thinking about it 
and you got to actually just do it. So that's uh, yeah. you know, that's my biggest piece of advice for anything, I guess. Awesome. Just do it. Just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nike got it right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shamita, we had so much fun with you today, but where can our audience of listeners find you if they want to look you up, see any of your shows, see anything that you're involved in? Um. Yeah, so funny, interestingly enough, I don't um, I don't promote my comedy that much on social media. You're going to find it more with stuff that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you did want to, on Twitter, I'm uh, Momedian, uh, M-O-M-E-D-I-N, Momedian S-B. You can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook um, to look up my name or just look up the Pushers page. So it's Pushers Show um, on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, so primarily I just more like I'm more attached to the stuff that I'm working on currently versus mm-hmm. like just pages about myself. Yeah. If you get on pushers, you can find me and you can add me as a friend. And I seriously, like every day I have like weird statuses that I put up that are comedic. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. I'm not like a huge uh, promoter of myself personally in, in, per- in social media. So well, that's well, perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we can we'll do, include everything in our show notes, and so everyone can go and follow you and watch, um, catch up on pushers. And thank you so much for for taking the time out to us today with us today. I know that's not easy. No, <laughs> with everything so we have going on. Well, that was so fun. I would love to look you up if I ever go to DC and like meet you in person. Yeah, so me to too. hang out. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I would. I, I'll brush my hair that day. <laughs> or we can watch. Give me some advanced warning. Our pajamas too. <laughs> in solidarity. We, yes, moms like in the, pajamas. Mom, Mamas in pajamas. Seriously. <laughs> well, we like to say um, peace out when we leave. So, Amanda, peace out. Peace out. Have an awesome day. Have Thank awesome you. Day. Live long and prosper. Thank All right. Cool. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening.